And welcome back. I'm Mike with the Turntable Teachers. And class is officially back in session. And we are here with for another guest speaker episode. And on today's episode, I am very excited to have Suriel joining the podcast. Suriel, how you doing? Thanks so much for stopping by the Turntable Teachers, man. I'm, I'm excited to have you. I really, really am. Awesome, man. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here, man. For sure. Yeah, we've been on to you for quite a while, man. You're like one of the actually one of the very first artists when I got into uh, like starting doing the interviews when we kind of pivoted the podcast away from just talking about music. You were like one of actually the first like local artists I actually got into uh, because we have a mutual. I, awesome. I'm, I'm really close with B Leafs, actually, who you've done. OK, some cool. Work yeah. With. Yeah. So he put me on to you and uh, you're a Lynn guy. I'm from Danvers, actually, and our producers mm-hmm. from Lynn. So it's kind of cool. You're, you know, it's kind of like going home back to the North Shore. So um just again really excited to have you man and talk about you know your music and your story i guess we'll kind of start there a little bit with you know you just kind of like you're from lynn originally correct yeah man i'm from lynn so i you know i, I lived in lynn for a while while i was growing up um but i moved around a lot as a kid actually so like i actually lived in lowell i lived in boston i've lived in um haverhill oh wow you know Gloucester like so I've actually moved around a lot like you know worked for years in Peabody like so you know lived in Saugus as well so all these places are like you know places that I feel like I represent as well because Lynn is like my hometown like you know I'm I'm glad to be a part of that that's the place that I'd say is my home city for sure Um, but all these other places I represent too so I feel like I represent the North Shore and like the Boston area the most you know Definitely. It's, it's funny, actually, because I'm kind of the same boat. I've, you know, I've, I've lived in Danvers. I grew up in Danvers, but then I lived in Peabody. Same thing for a while. I, I, uh, yeah. I, I lived in Framingham for a long time and then was in Medford for a while and then Reading. And now I'm I, now I'm like hopefully permanently for a little while. In the North <laughs> so it's like I, yeah, I'm, like, I'm, I'm saying with you, like just kind of nomad, just kind of like bouncing around. So, yeah, um, yeah. I would spend every summer, though, no matter what it would be in Spenton Lynn. So no matter where I was living. Um, just because my dad and his family lived out there too, so yeah, yeah. Well, anyone that doesn't know anything about Lynn, you know, Lynn is one of those you know cities. I feel as though like if you're from there, like they they house you. You know what I mean? It's like one of those places where like if you're from Lynn, everyone just kind of like I don't want to say knows each other, but like everyone supports each other from Lynn. I feel like it's one of those types of cities where like everyone yeah. really really is prideful about Lynn. So um, yeah, for sure, for you, for you growing up, like you know, talk to me a little bit about like your. Um, your just experiences with early early experiences in music and just like growing up how did you like get into you know writing and rapping and 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 kind of where you are now yeah um you know actually the first time i wrote a song was i was probably like eight years old or something like that and it was because my sister was trying to sing so my big my older sister was trying to sing and she wanted like to write a song but she couldn't write a song so i actually wrote like a pop song for her so that was like my first song. So that was like my first song I ever wrote. And then after that, um, I just really started to get a passion for hip hop. I started hearing like I was like eight years old, like Ludacris was like popping and yeah. stuff, like Eminem was popping and stuff. Yep. So I'm like listening to this stuff and I'm like, yo, hip hop is crazy. Like that's just, that's what makes me excited, you know. So um, you know, as I got older I had situations in, in, in times in my life where I felt like I didn't have anybody to talk to or or something like that, but the music was like feeling that void or I guess like talking to me instead and I was like feeling it the most and so um you know that feeling of like just having something that made me feel comfort in a situation that maybe was uncomfortable for me um 
was kind of what inspired me to make music and, and really pursue it as a passion. That's awesome. It's really it's an interesting story. You so you wrote a pop song for your sister as the very first thing. That's that's uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't expect that. But yeah, it sounds it sounds yeah. As, it's yeah that's that's interesting. I like that. I like that story though. Like and, but it's it's interesting though because like I we definitely grew up you know with the same type of music or around the same era because I totally remember the ludicrous days, man. Like I <laughs> I'll, I'll never for, I'll never forget honestly. Like and I actually so I'm a teacher for like you know any obviously like our fans know I'm a teacher by now, but like obviously yeah. table teachers they get it, but if any fans of Surrey also just for context like you know I'm a teacher I tell my students all the time like you know back like when we were growing up like it was starting to become a thing where like MTV and VH1 like were going like more towards like a reality show but like back in the day man like I don't know about you but like I would get up very early like six in the morning before school and I'd, and I'd six to seven o'clock watching videos yeah I was watching music yeah. videos and <laughs> the music videos that constantly were playing all the time I just remember it was um feel like it was Eminem's Lose Yourself was on all the time. And yep. Ludacris, it was always um, it was always that Red Light District song. I remember that specifically. That was one of the songs mm-hmm. that was like on there. But yeah, they were just in. Uh, oh, and then Stand Up when he's that's that was. The other yeah, one Stand that Up, made. Stand Up killed it. He, that was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> like was, Roll Out, all those songs. man. Yeah, yeah. Roll out. Oh, my God. Yeah. Lud- yeah. Ludacris had it had it going back then. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's he, awesome. <laughs> yeah, he totally like. I feel like he he was so just creative with his with his uh, with his music videos. Like I always felt like uh, oh, and then the one where he did uh, like the gold member. What was that um, number one spot? Have you, did you yeah, that, that was awesome. Yeah, all his videos were great, man. He was really in his bag. Like those years were golden for like ludicrous was killing it yeah yeah. (laughs) i think i think now like if you looked back you might say like oh he was a little gimmicky or kind of like you know was trying to get like the wow factor right it was really like but but he he was innovative as hell like you gotta you gotta give ludicrous that even if you don't care for his music but i i I used to listen to ludicrous all the time man man he's a great lyricist too actually like he goes mm. deep sometimes like yeah all around you know yeah, well, even on songs like Runaway, like, I mean, as he, like, Mary J. Blige, and, like, there were a lot of songs where he definitely got, you know, very in- introspective, for sure. Like, mm-hmm. so I, yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's funny to look back on on that era of music and, uh, you know, just great, sort of just reminisce. Some of the greatest, some of the greatest music that I can remember, man, for real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we're, I mean, we're a little biased, of course, but I, I agree, like, I, I, that was the music I grew up on, too, so that's really funny, uh. Ludacris is, yeah. is a name that hasn't actually been brought up on this podcast yet, so that's why, that's why, I'm, <laughs> that's why I'm reminiscing now about Ludacris. You got me, you got me thinking about it. Um, that's awesome. Dope. So, so for you though, like you know, in terms of writing and uh, specifically like getting into hip hop, like when did you start like actually writing like raps? Like when was that like transition for you? I was um, writing raps in sixth grade, twelve. So I was twelve years old. Um, that's when I really was like, I just. Lil Wayne was like my favorite rapper and he was just putting out mad music like he was like 2005 2006 or whatever so like and I was just like super excited to to write music so that's all I was doing like literally I was like skipping school and like writing raps and stuff and being ridiculous so it was it was cool man but that was what I would do in the back of the class is just write raps awesome yeah so you you are just quiet just back of the class writing raps and uh teachers was kind of just letting you do your thing or was it one of those things like Serial, you gotta pay attention. <laughs> it, was, it was a little bit of both. It was a little bit, a little of, both, bit of both, but I like that. You know. you know, and that's the thing too. I like 
I almost feel like it's, you know, it's one of those things where like you, it was, you're clearly passionate about it. Right. So like, it's, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you, it's not like you were back in the class, like screwing around, like you were writing. Like I, I think no. if, if and I, I teach English for context. So like yeah. if I, if I, if I came across a student, like it's actually fun. It's a funny story I think, uh, with this. Uh, one of my students, I like catch her in the back. Like she sits in the back and she'll be like reading, like reading like a, her like independent reading book. And like, yeah. I don't want to yell at her because it's like, I mean, I got to like, you know, give her the eyes like, all right, pay attention to what we're doing. But like, I'm never right, like, right. oh, like stop doing that. Cause like, I want you to read. Like, that's the whole point. You know what I mean? Like I want mm-hmm. you to enjoy reading and, and writing. So I feel like if, uh, I'd like to think if I had a student in the back of the class was writing raps, I'd be like, oh, cool. Like that's. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I would, you know, I would tell all my teachers like, yeah, I, I can't, you know, I can't come to detention. Like I have uh, studio time or something like that. I'd always like fantasize about being like a rapper, like as a kid. So like that was what I all, all I would do was just write raps. That's amazing. You know? I love it. It's <laughs> great. And and Wayne's another one too. I'm glad you brought him up. Like he, yeah. he's another one. Like, you know, the Carter series was just iconic. I mean, especially at that point, like Carter two, I mean, Carter two is like, wow. <laughs> Carter two, Carter three, Carter four, like those albums are amazing. Like I love those albums. Carter two to me had some songs that were like for the time, like just like unbelievable. Like he was the Carter two, like well with one off backtrack. So one felt like it fit that mold of that sort of uh, that sound that was like really popular in the early two thousands. But then I felt like with two especially on some of the deeper cuts there, like he, he gets into like same kind of with ludicrous, even like gets into a very emotional bag a lot of the times. And then and little Wayne is, yeah. yeah little Wayne is one of my top five rappers ever. And um, especially in that time. But my favorite thing about the Carter too, is that on the first song fly, fly in, fly out. And it's greatest rapper alive. I think all three of those songs have the same beat and he just riffs it three times on the same album for like yeah. three minutes each. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that was back when albums were like 18, 19 tracks. Like I, there wasn't a skippable yeah. song on that album for me. Like, that album is crazy. And then I remember three came out too, because I was in eighth grade when three came mm-hmm. out. And I remember this is a, this is a good one too. Like I, I woke up, we were actually going to uh, our Washington DC trip in eighth grade. So it was going to be on a bus for like 10 hours. So I remember waking up and the Carter four, excuse me, three had just dropped at midnight. And I wake, remember waking up at four 30 in the morning and downloading it on my like LimeWire or how, or maybe, maybe I actually downloaded it off iTunes. I don't remember what, how I did it, but I, I downloaded Like I was like, I have to have this album before I go to on this trip. And I remember just for 10 hours straight listening to, to the Carter three, like that's all I listened to. And that, that's another, that's that another a, one. Amazing album. So yeah, little Wayne, one of the greatest ever for real. Easily, yeah. Lil Wayne is is like a special dude for sure. No doubt about that. No doubt about that. Um, yeah. So when did you start like actually like recording music though? So you're saying like you know you were kind of dreaming about recording music. So when for you? When was like that transition for you where you were like, oh, I could actually do this. I have some talent here. You know, in high school is when I realized that I could definitely pursue it. Um, so that's actually when I met with my manager and we actually decided to take this start taking this a little bit more seriously at the time. Um, so we got some studio equipment and we just started making music and, um, you know, we put some songs out and people loved them at school and stuff and they were going crazy and they were like, yo, like, I didn't know you could rap like this and stuff like that. And, um, as soon as I graduated high school, well, my senior year, I moved to Lowell. Okay. So that year 
I, t- I kind of like didn't really worry about meeting new people or worry about like, you know, playing sports and stuff like that. I was like, you know what, maybe this is a time for me to just focus on music. So that's when I decided to really make music. And that's when I wrote, um, there's two songs that I released um, from the period, actually, my first batch of real songs that I made, my demo tape, which is Ghetto Dreams was one of them. And I wrote that when I was 18. And then um, the Miss Jackson Freestyle was also written when I was like 18 too. So those two songs um, were part of my demo tape that I recorded that summer after I graduated. So I, so senior year, I took it very seriously and was working on music heavily. Awesome. And but, then you're, but like, oh, sorry. But then actually, as, as, as before I released it, like, um, it was it took a couple of years. So Rise was my first project that I put out. As my my name was Wilson at the time, and um, which is my first name by the way. So Wilson and Surreal is my last name. Um, but yeah, so it took me like I was like twenty one when I put out my first project, I guess. And that was Rise, correct? Is, is was the first project. Right. But then you started right, right. going under Surreal for blanks blank slate. Was that the first project you would release under your last name? Yeah. And what was the what was the, like the the reason for you transitioning to your last name? Like, what was the the idea behind that? Honestly, um, they just took my music down everywhere, and they told me that I had to change my name because it was a rock band or something named oh, Wilson. Really? So, okay. um, you know, we had no, we, I don't know what to name myself next. I was gonna do my full name, and I, and I was like, that's like super long. So then I was like, I looked up my last name one day, and I, I realized it meant God's Prince, and then I was like, that's pretty cool. So. I went with that instead. Awesome, and then you dro- <laughs> and then you dropped and then you dropped blank slate. Uh, that was where your first project as Suriel, and yeah. that was a really great project. And I remember um, you have on there, of course, highs and lows, which ended up on not only your album but Beliefs' project as well. And yeah. um, you know that was your debut project as Suriel, and you got like a great guest feature, like someone like Rocky Fresh, and that was really cool for me because I've I listened to Rocky Fresh in the past. And to see his name on your project, that was like, oh shit, that's really dope. So yeah. tell me a little bit about like Blank Slate, how it came to be. And, and of course, I wanted to hear about the Rocky Fresh uh, feature too at some point. As well. Yeah. So Blank Slate was, you know, we put out a, like a small little EP and we were getting a lot of love locally, like in the North Shore. Like, you know, I was doing open mics everywhere and everybody was like, man, this, pro- this project's really good. These songs are really good. Like people were asking me if I was signed and stuff. And then I was like, Nah, man. So like, this is my first songs that I ever put out. So I'm like, pretty excited about it, you know, because I'm like, wow, this is how people are, you know, gravitating towards it. This is pretty amazing. So I, I feel like, all right, this is a sign for me to start taking this more seriously. And, um, you know, as soon as I finished that, I started working on my my projects, which was Blank Slate. But, you know, it was like very early on. Like, we didn't, I didn't have producers sending me beats, so I did YouTube beats for pretty much the whole project, um, except for. Two, which is Belief, who did um, Highs and Lows. And then the other person is uh, Rich from Stupid Genius, or from his name, he's now going by Rich. Um, you know, he did the other song, Double Dare, which had them on it too. So that was, those were the other, all the other two songs that we did that way. And, um, you know, it just came together. We, I just made like 13, 14 songs, and then we decided to use those. As far as the Rocky Fresh feature, Stacks, I wrote Stacks and I was just like, man, the song is so awesome. Like, who can we get to feature on it? And, you know, of course we were on a budget and stuff, so we had to figure out how much we wanted to spend and stuff. And um, Rocky Fresh just posted he was doing features or something, so we hit him up. 
And I was just thinking about like all it like when he was on Maybach music and stuff, and I thought he was actually really dope. So I was like, though, this is gonna be awesome, and I actually would fit very nicely on this song. And um, yeah, we sent it over to him. He sent it back in like 48 hours, and it sounded awesome. And it was you know really went well with the whole vibe of the song. And I was like, I was hyped. That was like my first feature, my first like moment of being like, wow, I'm like doing like music business now, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's certainly one of my favorite songs in your catalog for sure, especially the from that project. Like I love that song, and, and yeah, I'm, I've been a Rocky Fresh fan for quite a while. Like I I remember yeah. he did that collaboration with Casey Veggies, like in the course of the yeah. music stuff. Like he he's a name that like not a lot of people I think talk about enough as somebody yeah. that and he's still doing it, man. He still dropped. I think he brought dropped a project somewhat recently, um, mm -hmm. like late 2020, I want to say. And yeah, he's still doing some stuff. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's had like he's on songs like Chris Brown and and met plethora of other other artists. So he's a, he's an artist I think that doesn't get enough love, um, especially from that Chicago scene. And yeah. yeah. So and then of course the high highs and lows track that was easily one of my favorites as well. Like I remember too because that's actually how this is actually how it happened. I had Beliefs was the first guest we ever had on the podcast, like first official guest speaker episode, and I I went to high school with him of course and. Uh, bumped into him and and that's kind of how that happened and i was yeah. listening to his project and of course it's like a more of a it's a deeper cut on his project and he has a plethora of i mean he's been on you know our our fans know our, our audience knows like he's got a heck of a heck of a body of work there a lot of great features on that on that project and yeah but your song sure. on that particularly was one that i like was really stood out to me and i remember asking him i'm like who is this dude, Suriel? Like, it's this is a great, it's a great song, and he's like, he's like, oh, he's from Lynn, like he's a local dude, and blah blah blah. So, uh, how did you get in touch with with Beliefs and, and talk to me a little bit about like your relationship with him? Because you guys also dropped Lifetime in uh, twenty twenty as well. Yeah, I think we met. I mean, we both used to work at like dealerships, and um, oh no shit. So I I went to go get my car fixed, and he was working there, and I think we talked, and then he said we talked about music and something or something, and then we started. He said it started setting me beats. And he was telling me he was working on a project and stuff and he wanted to get some, you know, listen to my music. So I sent him my music and he liked it. So he started sending me some beats. Um, and that's how we started linking up. And we've worked, we, you know, we've worked on a couple songs, actually. We've already put out two songs, but we've definitely probably made or at least have like six songs. But with Highs and Lows, it was one of the packs he sent me. I just heard it. I just kept listening to it. And it was actually one of the only songs on that project that I that I recorded without writing anything, any of the lyrics down, which is really dope. Oh, you little so, waned it. Yeah, well, I mean, I thought it out, but like, and I recorded some, you know, I punched in and here and there and some of the parts, but that was the first time I ever did that, and that was pretty dope. It's kind of, it's actually funny because uh, that's that's how I bumped into him again was car dealership. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it happened. I hadn't seen him in years, and uh, I was going to get a new car, uh, yeah. a Volkswagen. And yeah. he, he came out, he was like, I heard your name and blah, blah. I was like, oh my God, I haven't seen you in so long. And then that's uh, how that happened. And he was saying, oh yeah, I, I, I've been producing beats. And I was like, oh, I have a podcast. And that's how that came to be. So that was pretty funny. Mm -hmm. uh, it's great, dude. He's a great, great fan. Of, uh, excuse me, he's a, he's a great uh, you know contributor to our show. And so big shout out to B-Leafs. I'm sure he's watching yeah, this at some sure. point. He's, he's a big fan of yours. Um, so yeah, and then you had a quarantine edition uh so I guess it was a it was an EP in a, in a sense, or you you kind of you kind of put out all the, a bunch of singles that were like under this quarantine series, right? And they were all on yeah. SoundCloud. Um, loved those songs too. So tell me about those mm -hmm. specifically as well. Man, those songs are fucking awesome. I love those songs, man. They're crazy. <laughs> those songs, I just um, you know, I make a lot of songs, man. Like I'll record all the time. So like, 
since Blank Slate, I probably recorded 200 songs or so. Wow. And so, um, you know, those were just songs that I had there in the stash. And, and the project, what can I say, was done. But the plan that we were going to use to to roll out with had completely changed because this is when COVID started to outbreak. So, you know, all the in-person situations that we had set up, we had to postpone and we didn't know what's going on. And then I had all these songs that I was working on, like a project or just having in the stash. I'm like, man, these are like so good, um, which was Wanted Bad was uh, was one of them that I just made with my man, with my boy from uh, Lowell, TJ, um, who's a producer. And so he made that track and we, um, you know, from there I had Chase It, which was another song that I had in the stash. It was probably like a year old at that time, but I just, every time I listen to that song, I'm like, man, this song is awesome. Like, it's crazy. And then... Um, the freestyle, um, double back. Double back is probably one of my favorite verses ever, just ever, because I like the perspective that I, I went out toward the end where it's talking about like what I felt like when I was going to school, which is like put my, you know, walking up the steps to go to this on the school bus, like put my backpack, like take the seat by the window, like I'm describing all these things. And it's like also my mentality as I'm going to school. So that one was like one of my favorites just for the creativity of it and fall freestyle. I made the same week I dropped it because I was looking at this. Yeah, <laughs> I was looking for like another song to um to put on there. And I was like, I want to, you know, keep that like super like hard flows, like hard raps. So I just made one more real quick, which is dope. Yeah, that's what I've noticed about your work. Like, and I, I guess it's like another question I have for you, because I I've noticed like every project you've done, it, they don't sound like the one prior to it. Like it's very, you, you've used very different sounds. Like, oh, of course it's all hip hop, but like it's very different sounds and vibes and things of that nature come from project to project. Like, is that something conscious for you where you're like, I want to change my sound and my approach on each project? Or is it just something that has maybe just happened naturally for you? Like um, as you've kind of gone through your career? You know, with, um, with Blank Slate, I had almost an intention to do it. Like, I was kind of aware of it as I was working on it. I wanted to make sure it sounded pretty cohesive. Um, with the quarantine tape, those actually were songs made throughout different periods. So those were just like me trying, you know, those were just like, sometimes I call those like, you know, like my exercise work because I'll like yeah. do freestyles and verses like that that are just like super hard, but they're not really great songs necessarily because they're not like musical or whatever so i have a bunch of those and um you know those are sometimes my favorite songs ever <laughs> so 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 anyways those were just a collection of songs that i had extra in the stash and then with what can i say um me and john were working on it you know we worked on a bunch of beats together we were you know choosing what sounds would work best you know changing things and um we made probably five songs and the other like those three just felt really good like just off the, just together, they just felt really good. Like the other two were like completely different vibes. So we just went, like, I, I just decided that those three were like gonna be the ones because it had like a good beginning, middle and end vibe to it, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's why the three songs were pretty like, as far as what I was trying to convey, the message I was trying to convey, I feel like I hit it pretty straightforward and I didn't need any extra fluff in it. So it was pretty nice to be able to do that. So we just had John Glass on 
recently and yeah. we, were, we were recording this uh he so his pro his uh speak i guess speaker episode just came out this past week so of course after sir after the end of this episode don't don't leave this episode and go straight to john glasses you know everybody's listening go go check john glasses out after this if you have mm -hmm. not but he yeah. was talking about uh we i asked him about you because you know he's, he's worked with so many artists and you were one of yeah. the, the people i wanted to ask him about because i love that what can i say project man like what you were able to accomplish with that not only like really spoke to me and resonated with me, but I could just feel, I could just feel your grit, but also energy, like just kind of energy and even pain to an emotion. Like I could feel it all in that project. Like I know there's yeah. a, there's a lot packed into that project. A lot of like outside stories that if you know people don't really know your discography and your story too well, like they might not know the background from, but he was telling me some interesting stories about you guys in the studio. And uh, especially with the music video, how he kind of pivoted you in a different direction. Uh, and I think for the better, because, you know, the, the ending product of this thing is incredible. And even the what can I say title track landed its way onto our honor roll for 2020. I loved it so much. We awesome. had to, yeah, we had to give it. Thank you. You're welcome. You're very welcome. It was well deserved. And especially the music video, man, like that. Ugh, it just it just really got to me. So t I want you to really tell me about, you know, not only working with John and, and really how influential he was with what can I say, but also just the background story of, of what can I say and how it all kind of just came to be. Yeah, man, it started with, um, it was, the, I had my headlining show, which was um, in August, I mean, April, I think it was 2019. It was my first um, headlining show. So I'm excited, you know, I, I put out Blank Slate. I just got, you know, and at the same time I had like, it was a week before my show. I had just, you know, finalized some, you know, a contract with BET. They were going to play my record. They were going to play my record on on um, BET Jams, which was SLP. And um, so all this was happening at the same time. And I went to the studio that, you know, the week before to my, my show. And I was like, I just went to John because I just saw the reputation that John had. And I was like, man, I want to work with you. I want to make a project with you. And, and um, you know, it was just a studio session. He had all his homies over. We were just chilling. And um, But that same night that I left... Um, I ended up having a seizure. So, you know, I had a seizure that night and um, I was in the hospital for a couple of days. You know, they were running all kinds of tests to see if there was anything like, you know, what could have caused it, what was the issue. And, um, you know, luckily they found no nothing wrong with me except for the fact that I was just overworking myself because I was working, you know, 40, 50, 50, sometimes 60 hours a week. And then also making, you know, maximizing my studio time, trying to be in there like 40 hours a week as well, too. So, like, I was just going from work to the studio to all night, every night. And I was doing that for like six months after Blank Slate because after Blank Slate, I just felt so much like excitement and also a little bit of pressure of like, all right, now I need to make something better, you know. So I was pushing myself to, to, my, to my limits and, um, you know, I ended up having a seizure and that was a week before my headlining show. So... Now I'm a little bit like concerned because I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do the show. You know, my doctor's kind of telling me you should probably relax, like take it easy, maybe not do it. But I'm like, this is the first time I'm so I've sold tickets. Like we're like, oh, we're like about to sell this out. Like I can't, I, I got to be there. You know, this is what I worked for, you know? So, and then the, the crazy thing is the next day, so I got out of the hospital after they tell me that I'm good. Um, the next day my video premieres on BET. So I'm watching my music video on BET. That day I had a heart monitor on because they were just making sure that, um, you know, it wasn't issues, any issues with my heart. And so that same day I called John Glass up and I'm like, yo, John, we need to make some music. 
like we need to make some music now because like he's like he's like i just i was like i just had a seizure this is crazy like we i, I need to get this stuff off my chest and he's like all right come to come to the studio so we, i go to the studio i'm chilling with him he's like yeah we're talking about doing like a three song project or whatever um and i'm like man like i have a heart monitor on right now like i showed him my heart monitor i'm like bro like <laughs> my music videos on bet i have a show next week like we need to make music now like this is crazy like so he's like, all right. He's like, all right, man. As soon as you're like, as soon as you're good, we'll go back and um, we'll start working on music. So, you know, I, I that week I just relaxed. Like I, I made sure I was in like, you know, I would go to the gym in the morning just to run, just to make sure I was good. Then I would rest all day. Then I'd do a rehearsal for an hour, um, for the whole week. So after that, I felt pretty confident that I was gonna do the show, and we did the show, and we killed it. It was an awesome time. It was like, you know, amazing, and um. You know, then me and John got busy right after that. Like as soon as that that I think the same weekend that the the show was, the same weekend we went and started working on what can I say. So I was in that weird headspace of like being at a high, a very extremely high, but also like a crazy low because I'm like, man, I don't even know if I'm okay. Like what's gonna happen next? All I needed, all I knew was I needed to make music, and so we went in there, um, and it took us about a month to finalize everything and finish up all the tracks, but. We went in there, we collaborated, man. We were in there like sometimes all night long, you know, like literally till 4 a.m. some nights just trying to get the vocals right or whatever it is. And, um, you know, but it came out great. I'm excited. You know, I'm super happy with the work and the way people took, um, took you know, they really cared for the project and the short film and the story and everything. Well, it did fantastic in terms of uh, like streaming numbers. Like I know it just, it went off on Spotify and, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of, a lot of, publications really enjoyed it i mean us obviously too like we like i said we liked it so much we had to put it on the honor roll and um Mm -hmm. yeah i just i i thought for sure that the short film i thought was kind of genius and i think in in terms of you telling the story now i in and obviously have seen the the short film and the the three the three song music video whatever you want to call it um it gives it so much more context and even though I understood the story like I, and I think you, you did such an amazing job with that with that project and particularly with the with the music video of like portraying exactly what you were going through. You know what I mean? Like I'm literally like remembering like certain scenes as you're talking like you in the hospital bed and like you getting up and like looking uh, yourself in the mirror and like getting up and running. And, you know, there's the shot of you sitting on the porch just like as it pans up and you're just kind of looking I, I really and then of course you at the very end like getting on the stage and, and do it and do the actual show like that's so yeah. cool that you were able to like emulate that in into the actual like music video and short film so I thought that was like so well executed and well done like you deserve a ton of praise for that project and I'm glad that it, it got the ears and eyes that it deserved so thank you man that means a lot You're that's like welcome. you know that this project is you know I, I always keep it like as far as my music goes it's very real you know, um, that's what I'm feeling, but I've never really opened up, you know, so personal in it before up until that. So to go to what can I say where the music isn't really about my personal like emotions as much. It is about my emotions, but it's more so what I was trying to get through on the what can I say is like more so my mind, my mindset and, my, you know, um, just the way I approach it and try to get myself back into the mindset that I wanted to be in. For sure. So that's what that song those songs did for me they kind of motivated motivated me and made me feel more confident again because i was in a weird place so um yeah man 
I forget where I went. I forget what we were talking about. And I, I kind no, of no, it's cool. It. I was just saying, I just, think, <laughs> I just love the actual story, like the storytelling. Yeah, oh. yeah. Oh yeah. So, so then, um, so then, so that, that was cool to show the mindset, the mindset, you know, that's mm-hmm. kind of what the music is about, but then to go and actually tell the story of how the music was created and why it was created and to go and really share a personal experience that I was actually nervous to, to share. And even when we started putting it out, like I was nervous, like even watching it, it made me feel like, whoa, like it brought me back there, you know? Right. So, you know, I, I felt for myself, that was like very therapeutic to kind of get that out and push, you know, kind of push it as like something that was a chapter in my life that, um, you know, that helped me put releasing this project actually helped me get, get through it, you know? Yeah. I mean, going through something like that, man, like any kind of health scare, like that's, that's, it, it's, it's a traumatic thing. Like there's, you know, there's certain P, like, I'm sure you had a little form of PTSD from it. You know, like that's totally valid. Like looking at, you know, even the music video, even though it was kind of a recreation of it, it's like, you did live that. So it's like for you, um, to not, like I said, not only to emulate it, but also get the story across. Like I just, like, I, I always, like I said, I always loved your music and I always thought you were a great storyteller in your music anyway. But like this project really, I think, captured you and like i think truly who you are as an as an artist and um i know you were saying like the quarantine series is for you exercising <laughs> i even would say you know exercise and lyricism but i think that yeah. those songs are just good for exercise in general like if you guys need like some bump up songs like go check out that don't, quarantine don't. tape man that's 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 some good shit right there but don't. you know what can i say was so just introspective and i guess like you said like not super introspective about like your you personally but just like that little slice of your story was it was there right and it like it was Mm -hmm. prof it it stuck out it was profound it was it was and it was different than i think a lot of not only your music but music that we hear today like i know there's a lot of artists that get introspective but you know to really just be able to hone in on that moment for you that's just i think like it's 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 triumphant it feels triumphant right like yeah that, that's what it, i mean that's what it was it was like you know it's like it's, it's like a part in the movie it's like how do you get yourself back to you know after you've had a loss or something after you've taken you know had to suffer through some pain or whatever how do you get back to where you were and how do you build up your confidence and that's what that what can i say was for me Absolutely. you know it helped me just build up my confidence and get me right back where i needed to be for sure for sure um, so what did you sort of like in terms of like, you know, what you learned about this experience? Like, what did you really like with the with the actual like going through what you went through and um, as well as the project? Like when you look back now, like what do you feel like you like take away from it or like there's a one or maybe a few things that you took away or like that you learned from this experience? Like what would that be? I mean, the m- most important thing I've learned, I think, is going to be balancing my life better. Mm-hmm. You know, that was something that I had to live with and, and and learn from because I'm the kind of person who just likes to work all the time, you know. So if I'm not working, I feel like I'm not being productive or whatever. And if I'm not, you know, even like before, I, you know, I was just so hungry to try to make some new songs and try to, you know, prove like, you know, that I can rap all this stuff that it, it drove me like crazy, like to the point where I'm like not like sleeping four hours a night. So I had to like. You know, I had to chill. I was like, bro, like, if, you know, I have to now make sure I sleep eight hours a night. You know, if I if I feel tired or whatever, I'll take the night off or whatever. But not necessarily that I'm slowing down on my work at all, but just have to be a little bit more careful with myself. So that's the most important lesson. But also the, the crazy thing that I feel like I learned as, as far as releasing the project and, you know, putting out my story like that is that 
that's the most important type of music that I feel like you can put out as a, as an artist is stuff that actually shows shows your true story and shows you at a vulnerable place whether you know like some people do it through relationship songs or whatever it is but just being able to be vulnerable and show that what actually happens to people is important and the, and obviously for me that worked and people you know resonate with that more than anything else I've ever put out so that's what I learned from that for sure yeah and it's also too like I mean something like like a relationship right that's something you know we've all been through on some level right but um, so that's at least relatable on that surface. But the interesting part, I think, about what can I say was, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's people out there that have obviously been through similar health scares that you've had and maybe gone through like seizures and things like that. But I think the vast majority of us, like especially like our, our audience for of you, like we haven't been through that. And it almost no. made it it almost made it more um, like more engaging that we that I, I first for just me personally, I don't want to speak for everybody, but just for me personally, like not being like having gone through something like that, like that for me was, uh, you know, it was, it was just, it was something different. It was refreshing. It was, it was just, again, like it, and then, and then the music itself is, is just so well done and put together. Of course you had, you had a decent producer, I guess he's fine. You know what I mean? John glass. He's, <laughs> he's okay. <laughs> no, I'm looking. That's that, that's, that's yeah. the homie. We, we love John over here, but yeah, yeah no, John's like awesome. I, yeah, incredible. Uh, like I said, I referenced a little earlier, he was telling me, um, now I'm, I'm kind of forgetting the, uh, the the whole thing he said, but he was saying how the music video it was either the music video you had originally didn't fit it, and he was like trying to help you like get the actual. Maybe it was the sound. I can't remember what exactly he said, but he like mm -hmm. pushed you in a different direction, and then it worked out or whatever. I just I, I with, thought it was. With, I think with some of the songs more so, you know, because um, we were talking about just different sounds, and I wasn't comfortable doing certain things, and. Um, you know, he had different ideas for how to, how it would sound. And so I think we very much work collaboratively on pretty much all the aspects of the song, you know, um, as far as the tones and, and stuff like that, that I was trying to use because some of those tones were different for me um, right. compared to other songs that I've done. So, you know, it's it new, new territory and it was cool, man. It was cool to be able to like, I never worked with a producer like on a one project before that project. So we were just in there really building it, you know, it was, it was like, you know, you're, making pizza like you start with a dough and stuff like it's different like you're actually in there working on every aspect of the sounds of this you know so it was cool it was really an, a, a growing experience for me and it was dope to share with john who has you know a lot of expertise in this in this business and stuff. yeah yeah and just and like I, that just kind of goes back to my earlier sentiment of just like that none of your music quite sounds the same like the predecessor doesn't sound quite like the the project that came after and that's i think what i've enjoyed about you so much is that i know that like I'm going to get something refreshing and different from you every time. And um, so I love that aspect of it. And like I said, I just think the whole project worked out so well. So uh, well, I'm glad you're healthy and, and doing well and safe. And I, and it's funny, we have, we have a lot of that in common, man. I'm, I'm definitely a workaholic myself. And, and um, I've started to think about that too, like, especially lately. And so I'm kind of glad that we're having this conversation because it reinforces it even for someone like me who, you know, I mean, I'm a teacher. I'm a basketball coach. I'm, you know, clearly the pod podcaster and a lot of work goes into each one of those. Like I could, you know, have a full-time job with any of those three, three. So it's right. like, and, and, you know, something that M dot, uh, another, uh, alumni of the show and someone that I talk to often, and I'm not sure if I'm sure you're familiar with M dot, but, um, he, uh, he has this saying, he says all the time, he says health is wealth. And I completely agree with that. Cause it's like, if you don't have your health, like, what do you really have? You know what I mean? Like, how can you actually get these things done? It's, 
um you know once you don't have your health it's it's pretty much impossible to get the things that we want to get done especially if you know you as working a job of course like a lot of us we're just trying to we're trying to chase the stream while also you know working nine to fives and things of that nature so um you know it's 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 grueling it's a lot but you know it's it's i can see the passion and i i totally under i totally can resonate with your sentiments of just like you know being hungry to actually like especially once you have momentum right like once you know you're headlining a show and bet is we didn't even talk about that like bet takes <laughs> one of your music videos like that's amazing man like yeah so it was, you know it's crazy but you know that's exactly it man i had to learn to be you know be much more aware of my health you know mm. sleeping more making sure i'm fully rested like and i've noticed that it helps my creativity too like if i if i'm super tired and i'm like forcing myself to like stay up just to try to record a song it takes me forever and i'm like tired through it and it's not actually yeah. the best song so it's like if i'm rested then i go make a song it's way better you know what i mean so yeah. your audience we're not, we're, we're not going anywhere man you know what i mean like and, that, and that's what i've come to realize too and even like you know people <laughs> in my circle they say that too it's like dude, don't feel like this has to go out tomorrow or like this has to, you know what I mean? Like nobody's going anywhere. Like the, the audience will be there. So I yeah. have to, it, it's tough to like think about that in the moment. Cause like you said, we get like, as creatives, we get very excited about, you know, our, our art or our, you know, what we're, what we're trying to put out there. So I, I totally, mm -hmm. I totally understand and resonate with that a hundred percent. But uh, so I, I need to hear about this. Cause I, I again, I'm, I apologize. I haven't like really harped on this cause this is a big yeah. deal that BET played your your music video so which which music video was it and uh describe to me like about uh like how, what that was like for you to uh like see that oh it's cool man I mean I remember when I was like in middle school I used to watch BET jams oh yeah and that's and that's how I found out about Wale like I heard you know I heard Nike boots I heard mm. you know B.O.B. I'll be in the sky like I heard you know, some kid some Kid Cudi songs on there, you know, and it was like, you know, Pusha T stuff. Like, I was just watching all this, all these artists and, you know, new artists come on there. And um, I was like, man, it would be so dope to get that, on, you know, to get on there one day. This, you know, that'd be amazing. And I'm like in eighth grade thinking about it. But um, it just became an opportunity, you know. Um, we reached out and um, they liked the video enough to, to go for it. And, it, you know, they told us we were going to play it. And I was like, man, this is awesome. I found out that they were definitely gonna play it when I was in the hospital, though. So I was not. Man, <laughs> so I was in the hospital. <laughs> I had to sign off on some contracts, and I'm like, man, like this is crazy. But like we did it, and um, like I said, the day I got out it was playing, so it premiered for the first time, which is awesome. Incredible, I love it. And wh which music video was it? Oh, that was for SLP from Blank Slate. Awesome, very cool. No, another great track, actually. Uh, I forgot about I forgot about that track briefly um that's oh, dude, that's awesome that's a great story and uh definitely a bit bittersweet for you i'm sure like as you're in this hospital bed like damn like this it's <laughs> crazy right worst, that was crazy like worst time worst timing but at the same time yeah you, <laughs> you have to like i guess appreciate that too at the same time right like you know that like that's when like you know writing the song highs and lows like that is that that's what it was for me it's like mm -hmm. you know if i ever could describe my that moment it feels like highs and lows because i'm literally chilling here like man I'm about to go do like a sold out show right now. My music video is on BET, but I am in the hospital. Like what? <laughs> Highs and lows is the epitome of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that was yeah. crazy time. But tell me, please tell me you performed highs and lows that night. I hope you did. Absolutely, absolutely, man. And it was beautiful. Like I actually have the recording of that, and that was like the most powerful one, oh, wow. probably. Yeah. 
Oh, super cool, man. I love it. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Awesome, man. Well, dude, I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm so glad you have your health and that you're, you know, that uh, everything's, that you're doing well now. And um, I, I'm, I'm hearing through the grapevine, you got some, you got some music coming uh, in 2021. So tell me a little bit about, or tell me as much as you can. Tell me a little bit about what's, what's coming in 2021 and, uh, you know, what, what, what your fans or potentially new fans from this podcast, of course, like mm -hmm. what, what can people expect from you and uh, the rest of this year and, and going forward? You know, um, I have some songs that are in my in my stash right now. I, I feel like I have like a solid twenty songs, and I have a solid like eight amazing, like super super crazy songs. So um, I'm excited about all of this, all of the music that we have. We've been working a lot on work, you know, fine tuning every single detail as far as the mixing and everything. And um, it's been taking a longer time, you know, but these songs are definitely gonna be worth the wait. They're they're huge growth from everything that you've ever heard from my music before, like exponentially bigger, um, better concepts, uh, more emotional, like as far as the emotional tracks, more like perspective as far as like storytelling from just experiences I've been through. And um, I really wanted to f focus on my storytelling this time around. Awesome. Any uh, collaborations or uh, no notable uh, producers or artists that you're working with, or is it just like a straight like... So, uh, solo thing for you as of right now um nothing nothing super major as far as like the collaborations but the songs themselves are are pretty major definitely fantastic well i'm definitely looking forward to it and like i said i've heard uh good good things that uh that you got some good stuff coming and, uh, yeah i have a song um life of the party which is going to be my next single and it's like amazing storytelling like finest that I've ever been able to do, you know? Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Is there a specific like release uh, or around a release date that where people can, uh, or are you kind of just waiting until you're you're ready? I'm waiting until it's until it all lines up. I mean, we've been mixing it and stuff, so once, once it's mastered, we'll figure out what the date is. But cool. all I know is that it's gonna be very big. I'm excited for that. It's like, you know, hopefully we can do a whole moment. Like, what can I say with this one? We'll definitely looking forward to it and I, I know a lot of people are clearly listening to this are probably as well looking forward to what you got coming this year and i mean i've still been running what can i say back so I, i'm i'm still satisfied with that but i'm definitely excited to hear more so I'm definitely mm -hmm. uh definitely excited uh so one of my last questions before uh you know my, my final question that i ask every artist so of course yeah. you are originally from the north shore so and so am i so there's a lot of like we have in common there so uh, what about like from being from the North Shore for you? Like, like what does that mean to you? Like, what does it uh, like mean for you to like represent the North Shore and like uh, be in a voice that's coming from that scene? Because you know, there are some artists from that scene, but it's not one of those like it, when people think of Massachusetts, a lot of people clearly think like, you know, Boston obviously has its scene and Western Mass has kind of a scene right now as well. Um, and sort of like even up like this way, like, you know, Lawrence, Lowell, like borderline New Hampshire, like there's definitely a scene up here, too. But I feel like North Shore sometimes gets a little bit overlooked. So for you, like, does it what does it mean for you to like actually be one of the, I would say, premier voices from the North Shore right now? You know, it's um, it's, you know, it's it's something that. I didn't know was going to happen so quickly, so, you know, it's new. It's pretty cool um, to, to have that opportunity to be the voice you know for people i feel like you know the things that i'm doing is just opening opening doors for other artists to be able to you know 
do their own thing too. And, and any opportunity I get to support somebody from the North Shore, um, I would love to do it. You know, Justin Clancy and I were actually was the first time I ever did a big show. And, um, you know, it's always it's always love for North Shore, you know, for sure. Yeah, Justin Clancy, Token. I mean, those are like we definitely have those to hang our hats on. Absolutely, for, uh, for the absolutely. Those two are those two are some special, special dudes. But you are as well, man. And I'm glad that you know you're just adding to you know what we have from the North Shore because there's definitely there's there's acts from it. And I you know I, I'm I'm glad that we're able to kind of shed some light on it and uh, like you said, give some people a uh, hopefully a platform. And so um, absolutely, some, yeah. You're doing some amazing things, Suriel, and thank you so much for coming on this ep uh, episode with us and coming on the podcast. We're really just sharing a little bit of your story and, and obviously your music. We totally appreciate your time. Uh, I have one final question for you. It's my favorite question I ask every artist mm -hmm. who's on this show, and it's the dream song scenario. And uh, I'll, I'll uh, you know structure it for you a little bit. So you get a song, okay, and you can make this song with any artists, dead or alive, okay. And you get one to two producers, all right? So any producer in the world, dead or alive, to produce the track. Again, you can get like one or two there. And then you have three guest features as well on that song, all right? Three so guest it's, features. It's, wow. so it's your So it's your song, all right? And again, any artists, dead or alive, take as much time as you need, who would be on Suriel's dream song? Man, if I was to do a dream song, it would be Suriel featuring Nas, Kanye West and Jay Z, <laughs> produced by Hit Boy. <laughs> <laughs> that would go. That would go. I love how quickly you had that too. You were just you like, know? yeah, that's it. Yeah, just that get these it. three pillars. Get a get a dope producer to just get a banging beat. Yeah, man, that would be, be awesome. That shit would be crazy. <laughs> that shit would be crazy. Damn, a great great choice there. I I totally totally uh I like, I like that one a lot. Sorry, y'all, awesome. man. That's 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 a great, great, uh, great dream song. So, yeah, maybe someday. But that's, that's the whole point of the dream song. We like to just, you know, kind of put that yeah, out, man. put that out in the universe. I'll, you know, <laughs> I want. I would like. I would love that, man. Those are my favorite. Like those are my favorite artists. All you know, all the way around. So, what do you what do you like about each of them? Like, what do you like your favorite things about each artist that you that you chose? Man, Kanye West is my. You know, like you said, which I appreciate that you said is um that I, I feel like. My music changes as I progress. Um, Kanye West is is my example for that. Like yeah. Kanye West is somebody that I look up to the most artistically because of the way he changed his sound every time, like majorly. You know what I mean? And that was what made me like. I think you know I look at him as my number one art favorite artist of all time just because of just the creativity to go from 808s and heartbreaks to graduation to my beautiful dark twisted fantasy to life oh, of Pablo man. to Jesus like all of those are amazing projects you know what i mean so that for me is is what i would strive for as an artist you know um jay-z i think is arguably one of the best or maybe the best rapper of all time just because he's just the boss you know what i mean and then, <laughs> and then you have nas who's just you know one of the smoothest rappers you know the realest rappers the one who can tell the best stories you know someone who's always swagged out like you know always fly so Nas is definitely and his just voice presence is so nice oh yeah you know yeah he's I mean one of the most recognized that, that's God's son right there baby he, he knows he can for real. Up. and <laughs> what I appreciate about all those three artists is longevity like they just 
their ability to stay relevant as much as they have been. Even Nas, right? And I would I would suggest that out of the three, I mean, hey, actually, no, I shouldn't say I shouldn't even say that because Nas just won a Grammy. So I know, like, <laughs> I was about to say, like, <laughs> Nas feels the least relevant today than the three of them, but maybe not. Maybe I, maybe I'm wrong about that. Yeah. I mean, oh, I, excuse me, I probably would have felt that way before his. The King's Disease Project. I would have said if you had said like Absolutely, which one of these yeah. three Absolutely. is kind of like fallen off a little bit, and I don't even mean like falling off like that, but just mm-hmm. I would have said Nas. But then until that that project, like forget about it. Like those three, they're they're pillars, man. They really are. And man, not yeah. Nas is one of my favorite rappers, man. Like he can just really take you into like the whole the whole like you. It feels like a movie, like when you're listening to the music. You know that's what. I don't think there's any other artist who can do that for real like that. Like, so that's what I like about him. Lyrically, like I remember listening to One Mic for the first time when I was I was mm-hmm. young. I was probably like middle school, high school, something like that. And still to this day, I think I'm still unpacking that song. Like <laughs> so, like like songs like that. Like it's just it's it's like his lyricism <laughs> on a song. Like it's it's just insane. It's insane. There's it, a lot. There's a lot to take in on his music. Oh yeah. And um, and especially like I said, someone like like you mentioned too, like someone like Kanye, there's the innovative aspect of that. Like, I love artists that are gonna that take their sounds and just recreate, uh, you know, recreate it into something completely different. Like, I've always loved. I've said this on many times on the podcast, but someone like Tyler the Creator, who's up on my wall, like, like he's another guy who has always said like I'm never gonna make the same album twice. You know, like if you want to go listen to Goblin, go listen to that. Like I'm never gonna make another one. And I love that about people like artists like Tyler, Kanye West, Childish Gambino, like whoever you want to kind of throw in there, like to, to just recreate different sounds and, and try and just, just, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's really, it's incredible. Like, especially the, in this day and age, when I feel like a lot of rappers, especially in hip hop and rap where, you know, an artist will have their time and then they'll tend to sort of like, drop off every once you know what i mean like the longevity is just so much more difficult i think because it's such so saturated so the three of them to actually like still stay relevant you know 20 even for nas 30 years you know and, and jay-z 30 years it's 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 a testament to their artistry yeah man i mean they're they're deeper than hits you know much you know they're, much they, but they do both <laughs> you got it much much deeper. And you I, know yeah that would be a song i want to hear so Jay Z, Kanye, Nas, any of you guys, if you're listening, let's let's get this thing let's get this thing together. Suriel's <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, please. <laughs> For sure, let's do it. I love it. Suriel, this has been a fantastic episode. Thank you so much for being here, man. Like, just loved having you and your insight and talking about, you know, your music and your story and sharing that. You're officially a Turntable Teachers alumni, so you're part of the family Awesome, now. thank you. You're of course, of course, man. And uh, yeah, so tell the people where they can find you, plug away, socials and all that good stuff. Yeah, um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Suriel781. That's S-U-R-I-E-L 781. And all my music is available on Apple, Spotify, and Tidal. Um, you just look up Suriel, what can I say, or Suriel Blank Slate. Fantastic. We'll link it all in the description for sure, especially what can I say. Definitely make sure you guys check out that project if you have not yet. If you haven't, you're sleeping, so definitely check that thing out. And uh, yeah, and of course, if you're a fan of Suriel, coming on to us for the first time you can follow us at turntable teachers on instagram and also hit up our website www.turntableteachers.com for all the latest episodes blogs articles all that jazz and of course 
make sure you subscribe subscribe to the podcast subscribe to us on youtube uh wherever you listen to your podcast audio podcast we're on apple spotify soundcloud especially on youtube leave us a like and a comment right show show Suriel some love and uh yeah that's about it for us here and once again Suriel, thanks so much for being here man this was a really really dope time and uh we're excited to hear what you have coming next in 2021 with the music. I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to hearing the, the, the new single and uh, Life of the Party. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. I'm sure we, we will be promoting that like crazy. And Awesome. Yeah. That's yeah, about it. You're, you're, you're going to like the song, man. Trust me. It's going to be a, a, a good one. For I'm sure. looking forward to it for sure, man. So once again, man, thank you so much for being here. This was an awesome episode. Really appreciate your time. And uh, without further ado, I'm Mike Suriel with the Turntable Teachers. The class is officially dismissed.